stuff. It's an earworm. It's not a wiggly worm. It's not a squirmy worm. It's just another term for a song stuck in your head. Welcome to episode 219 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I welcome Sean McCullough. And Sean is a musician and radio host and very knowledgeable music person in general. And it was a pleasure and an honor and an amazing thing for me to talk to him about all kinds of things, specifically his brand new album, Earworm. You like that song you just heard? That's the title track called Earworm, which you can hear all the way through the whole entire song at the end of this episode. It was really cool to talk to Sean about the music and about being a radio host, and and I I learned a lot from talking to him about a lot of different things. What are those things you may be wondering? Well, you're going to have to listen to our conversation to find out. For all the past episodes of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, go to goodstuffpod.com. Just go there. They're all there. You can find all the old episodes on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or, or wherever it is that you get your pods because they're all there and they're all free and they are loaded to the brim with good stuff for you and your family. Follow me on social media at the at symbol goodstuffpod. Got good stuff? Drop me a line. Email mike at goodstuffpod.com. I'd love to hear from you. Here is Sean McCullough. And stay tuned all the way to the end for the song Earworm, because it's awesome. And you should. And there's like a ton of awesome things happening in there. Hooks. Hooks galore. You know what a hook is? It's that part of the song that when you hear it, you're just like, yes! Okay, here's Sean. It's the best day because I get to talk to Sean McCullough here on the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Welcome, Sean. You're in Tennessee. I'm in Houston. It's the sort of the middle of June and neither of us are overly sweaty. It is like some kind of miracle. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's pretty pleasant here. Yeah. So let's set the scene. Um, where, uh, where are you? Where are you in Tennessee, but specifically like which part? Well, I live in the city of Knoxville and it's right. It's in what we call the Tennessee Valley, which is between a big plateau called the Cumberland plateau and the Smoky Mountains, which you've more likely heard of. Um, and so we're kind of down in the valley right on the edge of the Smoky Mountains. Okay, so my, I, I have Nashville roots. My mom uh, was, is from Nashville. She was born there. Okay. And I've spent some yeah. time in Nashville, and I've spent some time in Memphis, and I spent some time in Gatlinburg, which I remember being like oh, the, boy. the coolest when I was like a, <laughs> uh, like a 10-year-old. But uh, how far are you from there? Is that close to where you are? Gatlinburg, if there was no traffic, which is never the case, <laughs> but if there was no traffic, it would be about 45 minutes, but it's probably more like an hour and a half. Okay. Because you so, have to drive through all of the tourist stuff. The tourist stuff. Got it. Yeah. And um, I, I remember it being cool. The, um, oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Pigeon Forge is the big kind of tourist trap with the bungee jumps and the ferris wheels and all of the variety music shows on the side of the road and that's what takes you forever to get through as you're going to gatlinburg yeah got it okay pigeon forge everybody make a note pigeon forge sounds awesome Um, and of course right next to pigeon forge is dollywood which is the theme park that dolly parton started oh really she's still right up there that's still going that's still kicking it is still kicking, yeah. They awesome. add new rides every year and new shows every year. 
Nice. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, you got to, you know, look, who are we to say that Dolly should or should not add new rides every year to Dolly World, <laughs> right? Like, that's good Well, you her. know, I love Dolly enough that she can do whatever she wants. She can. She can. Okay. So, <laughs> we, um, I feel like we could take this tangent in many different ways and talk about Jolene and, and how incredible, <laughs> if not, like, if not the perfect piece of music, like, pretty close, but that's not what we're here to talk about today we're here we're here to talk about you and, and get to know you a little bit and 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 hear about uh this brand new record that you you've just put out so before we get to that um that new record can you tell us tell us a little bit about yourself like where you're coming from and and sort of what you're all about okay yeah um i've, I've kind of played music all my life and then when i became you know graduated from college and i started playing you know, little club singer songwriter thing. Um, and then I had kids, which, um, seems to be a way that a lot of people get into playing music for kids. And I, I had, um, so, you know, some other parents asked me if I'd come play at their kid's school. And that's kind of how I, I started doing that. Um, I still play music for, you know, all ages of people. I play in a band with my wife called The Lone Tones, and we've been playing for almost 20 years now, too. So do a lot of different things with music, but playing for kids is one of my favorites. Yeah, so you, you're um, you're a musician, but you're also a, a, a I mean, I'm going to sort of date myself, but you're also a disc jockey. You're a DJ. You're a radio I'm personality. A <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that part of your life. Yeah, well, um, it's been a long time since I put out a, uh, kids record and so about eight years ago when I well except for the new one <laughs> about eight years ago I put out a kids record and I'm a radio station in town really cool radio station had been thinking about doing a kids show and they kind of looked around and they said hey Sean he just put out a record he's somebody to do it and so they approached me and asked me if I would um, do this really cool show that we do once a week um, on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock. It's called Kid Stuff on WDVX. And um, once a week we do it with a live audience and I have special guests um, who come in and perform. And sometimes they are local folks. Sometimes they're traveling musicians who've won Grammys. And, you know, it's a, it's a mix. And, um, but it's really a, a cool thing because the radio station's uh, it broadcasts out of the Knoxville Visitor Center, right in downtown Knoxville, and they do a lot of they do a live show every weekday at noon um, called the Blue Plate Special, um, and they have bands. And so this is kind of like a Blue Plate Special for kids wow. um, once a month. But it's cool because it's right downtown in the Visitor Center, and there's a little stage, and it's um it's a whole lot of fun. And you do it in front of a live audience. Yes, that wow. once a month we do it with a live audience. Wow, okay. So uh, this particular audience is going to have to forgive me while I ask several questions okay, about this okay. particular part of what you do. When you yeah. started doing it, did you have experience as a as a host in that way? I did not, um, but I have taught for many, many years. But it is a, it's a different thing. But uh -huh. no, I didn't have experience as a host. But kind of the combination of teaching and performing – um, you know, it dovetailed nicely into mm -hmm. hosting a radio show. You you were comfortable being in front of an audience and maybe not having uh, having everything figured out for you in advance. Exactly. Kind of yes. okay. Okay. And my and my show is very unscripted. Uh -huh. um, I um, I you know we have some little announcements we have to read, but besides that, I 
I just kind of play it loose most of mm -hmm. the time. So that's fun. Cool. So who are some of the, the guests that you've had on your show where you were like, wow, I can't, I can't believe this is actually happening right now. Well, yeah. Yeah. One of them, um, that I have enjoyed a couple of times coming to play is Farmer Jason, mm -hmm. um, who some of the grownups may know as, know as Jason Ringenberg from Jason and the Scorchers. And um, I always knew his grown-up band, and then I discovered he played kids' music. But So to have Farmer Jason on there, and he always asked me to sit in and play with him, so that's mm -hmm. a big thrill. Um, Billy Jonas, who's from over the mountains in North Carolina, is one of my favorites, absolute favorites, and he's been over to be on the show a couple of times. Um, I've had Kathy Fink and Marcy Markser, um, who are you know legends in their own right, um, come down and be on the show. Um, so it, it's it's been a whole lot of fun, and then some folks from closer by, like Miss Lynn. Well, she I don't know where Miss Lynn is anymore. She travels all the time, but used to be from Nashville. I love Miss Lynn too. Um, Molly Ledford um, and Molly and Billy Jonas both performed on my record, which is right. cool. But but Molly's been on the show, and that's how I met her. Um, she used to be in a band called Lunch Money, for those of you who might know that band. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so th those are a handful of the kind of more famous people. Um, Brady Reimer, I have had him on my show. Um, cool. Jim Gill. So a bunch of kind of cool indie kids artists. Yeah, that's very cool. And several of them have also been on this podcast and we'll we'll talk oh, about cool. we'll talk about uh i mean billy jonas and i got to sit down at a summer camp and like have this like really cool conversation um while he was eating like rice crackers and it was just he's he's, nice. he's the best guy um so okay so you you're um you know, the one other piece of, of what you do that I think is so fascinating before we get to the record, and I do promise we will get to the record, is, <laughs> is cool. that uh, you're uh, an ethnomusicologist. And I think that this is really good, like a, like a really good learning opportunity to, um, for you to do some of that teaching that, that you're talking about, which is to, to sort of let people know what an ethnomusicologist is and, and what your particular, um, I don't know if the, if the right way to say it is like, course of study or area of expertise yeah. is really fascinating too so so take us a, a little bit inside what that is all about okay yeah so um if i were talking to college students i'd say ethnomusicology is like a mix of studying music and anthropology but that may not mean a whole lot to kids um uh -huh. so it, it's really it's studying more than just the music itself it's also studying why music is important to people, how people use music in their lives, um, you know, how it connects people, all of those kinds of things. So, for instance, when I send my students out to go see a concert as an assignment, I tell them, I don't want you to just write about the music itself. I want you to go in and look at who who is in the audience describe the people in the audience how do they react do they sit still do they stand up and make a lot of noise and cheer after every you know every exciting moment in a song you know and so it's it's about it's that kind of thing and then trying to um trying to understand why you know why does this group of people like this music and act this way when they listen to it or they play it and so that's kind of what ethnomusicology is about Really cool, and you you're particularly interested in um, 
in a type of music that's pretty close to home, like, uh, I guess, yes. both literally and figuratively. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I got, yeah, when I was, um, well, from a pretty young age, when we first moved to Tennessee, I became interested in kind of the folk music from the mountains around here, the Appalachian Mountains. Um, and so when I went to school, that's kind of what I really focused on studying. Um, and so that's how I got the, you know, became interested in playing the banjo and, and those types of things. And so, yeah, that became one of my big areas of study was Appalachian music. Um, and I got really deep into the banjo in particular. I've been very excited that we have people like Rhiannon Giddens, who used to be in the Carolina Chocolate Drops, who are now doing such a good job of talking about, um, you know, some of our misconceptions about the music. You know, the banjo has its roots in Africa, for instance. And um, that just... That one fact tells us so much, and I really got into studying about that in graduate school, and now it's become a bigger part of our conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. That's very cool. So I, um, the uh, the Carolina Chocolate Jobs are great, and they're sort of they they sort of dig deep into the history in lots of different ways. Um, if you were to, and uh, this is a question that I'm going to ask in like the general sense of like what people could be interested in, but I'm truly, if I'm going to be truly transparent, I'm asking for me. So if folks were interested in, in learning more about Appalachian music or, or, uh, particularly like some artists that are, um, that are doing that kind of music, who would you recommend to people? What direction would you point them in? Um, in terms of like reading or listening? Uh, let's say, let's say listening, but I, I am open to reading as well. Okay. Well, in terms of listening, you know, of course, one of the first places to go is a woman named Jean Ritchie, um, who some people refer to as the grandmother of American folk music. Uh, She grew up um, with her parents and grandparents singing songs that had roots all the way back to the British Isles. And she, um, she sang all of those songs and recorded them for the Library of Congress. And um, then she also started writing her own songs as well, songs about coal mining and other things in this region. And so she's definitely um, somebody I would point to right away. Um, Of course, you know, not somebody from Appalachia, but somebody who played just such an important role in preserving um, music, folk music, from rural America in general is, of course, Pete Seeger, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's a wonderful resource. Um, John McCutcheon, who I imagine um, some folks out there are familiar with because he's done a lot of music for kids as well. He actually lived in Knoxville for a while, and he really soaked up the music of this region. Um, and he's he's kind of a good place to start for some of that more historical stuff as well. Um, I mean, then you can just get really deep into... <laughs> Right. <laughs> kind of more esoteric people who, you know, have only have field recordings made of them. Um, or, or, of course, people like Doc Watson, uh, mm-hmm. lots of recordings by him. Um, wonderful resource for mm-hmm. music from, from this region as well. I, there's just almost too many to... My yeah. brain is going crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, I, I, I do know that, uh, you know, this is a whole other podcast in and of itself. But um, I thank you for, for at least pointing in, in that direction and should also say that, like, a lot of this, you know, this sort of informed folk roots, Appalachian, Americana, what, however you want to say it is like it, it's a it's a really big deal right now. There's a lot of bands who are 
who are sort of who are doing this and and for yes. whom this is the this is the genre for them. So, um, you know, and I Knoxville think- is something of a kind of Americana hub right now. And it's it's largely because of the radio station my show's on. They you know they win awards every year as an Americana station, and artists love to come through and play on WDVX. And um, so we we've become kind of a really great great spot for mm-hmm. all of that. Nice. So yeah, and all of that leads us to this like you know we're we're funneling down. We're we're led into. Sean McCullough's family music. So <laughs> you, 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 we should say that this new record that has just come out called Earworm is not your first. How many right. um, records for, for families have you put out at this point? This is only my third. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of slow. Um, <laughs> the, the first one was actually a live recording, and I've been thinking, maybe I should do one of those again. They're a lot faster to finish. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but but I, I, don't have, I don't even have copies of that anymore, but I did one a long time ago, and then I did one about eight years ago called This Is Our House. And both of those first two had a lot of traditional music on them, the mountain music, um, Appalachian music um, because that's that's a lot of what I do when I perform for kids um, this new, new record focuses more on um, more contemporary um, music and original music um, though there's certainly some you know you, you can couch it as Americana very easily but it's 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 not as traditional as some of the stuff I've done in the past mm-hmm. um, yeah and and I think that uh I mean, let's just let's just dive into it. You know, the the record, the new one is called Earworm, and I guess for those folks who have never heard the term earworm, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away. But in in your mind, in your explanation, what is an earworm? <laughs> well, I mean, as I say in the song, it's it's a song that gets stuck in your head. It's it's one of those songs that just has the kind of tune that um just immediately almost seems like you've heard it before and um you can't stop singing the song in your head even if it's driving you crazy <laughs> perfect <laughs> uh, so and that's the I, I forgive me for not knowing the exact placement on the record but that's the title track that is and, the title track yeah and it's it sort of sums up a lot of the stuff that you're saying it's like this very well produced like very sort of rootsy but really really fun record and i think that like it's so interesting to think um, and I'm really interested in process, right, by the way, but like how much, you know, you've spent so much time around kids music and how, you know, you, you sort of, that informs how you write things, right? So this is like this like short, perfect blast of, of music. And then you're, you're not afraid to take the music in some different ways um, on this kind of record, which is really interesting, right? So like for a music person like me, it is not all straightforward, which I think is really, really interesting and cool. And I, I, I that is not like a underhanded or backhanded compliment. It's like a straight, no, no. straight up compliment. So, and you mentioned Billy Jonas, who we both know. And Billy, for those of you who don't know, is um, I don't know. I would say the greatest found percussion player in the world. I guess <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's fair to say. But um, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about the the song that you did with him because it's super interesting. Well, it was kind of a, just a bizarre way that song came about. Um, I used to perform with a friend of mine named Phil Pollard, who was a percussionist as well. And 
Um, I say was because Phil passed away um, almost a decade ago. Uh-huh. Um, and so, but we used to perform for kids and Phil had made up this little chant um, that was kind of about being car sick, kind of about traffic rules, you know, and um, he, we used to do it with kids and we do it with sign language. You know, we teach the kids the sign language and, and that was good enough because we were doing sign language and it's a four line chant. But then I was like, you know, I'd love to do something with that and put it on a record, but it's not enough as a chant to just put on a record. So I, um, I kind of turned it into a story about my friend Phil, who made up the chant. Um, and it's a kind of a spoken word piece, which I've, I've never really done that before. This is my first foray into that. Um, and I just kind of tell the story, but one of the things about the chant is that Phil was a percussionist, and the chant was purposefully syncopated um meaning that there are beats that kind of play against each other they're not the same you know they fill in each other's spaces um and so i decided i'd also use it as an opportunity to teach a little bit about syncopation while i also told the story about phil and also teach the chant and etc etc so it became a much bigger thing than i even expected when i started and then i just sent it to billy and i said you know I hear your percussion on this, you know, that that's what I hear in my head. And he was, um, you know, very generous to spend a good bit of time on it. And I, um, you know, he tried several different things and just said, use whichever one you want. And yeah, so that's kind of how that came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting song, very polyrhythmic, like lots of different things going on. Very, very cool. Um, so another of the collaborations you mentioned was with Molly Ledford and the song's called Sun Sphere. And, yeah. you know, maybe there's some significance behind what the sun sphere is. Anything you'd like to uh, shed a little light on, pun intended, horribly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the sun sphere is such a wonderful kind of iconic symbol in downtown Knoxville. It's left over from the World's Fair, and it's a big, shiny, gold, um, glass, kind of mirrored um tower it's kind of like the space needle from uh seattle um that kind of thing um and the world's fair in 1982 which i actually did go to um a couple of times and the the theme of that world's fair was energy and the idea was they were talking about different kinds of energy and alternative kinds of energy sources and of course the sun is a huge source of energy and so it became kind of the symbol of the world's fair and really um it's just cool to still have it there though it is sometimes a little you know a little sad to me that we're maybe not a little farther along than we are on (laughs) (laughs) capturing some things like solar energy (laughs) and stuff um, as main sources of energy but um but yeah so that's what the world's fair was all about and the other thing about the world's fair and one one the reasons i love heaven as Molly calls in the song, a, a party favor left over from, from it is that, you know, a world's fair is all about bringing people from different cultures together and celebrating all of those different cultures and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so just a cool thing that happened in Knoxville in 1982. And we have this kind of cool tower that you can actually go up in yeah. for free. It's cool. never been turned into a tourist trap. You can just go up in it. Wow. We are, yeah. uh, I think today we're we're doing our part to up 
the uh, the tourism potential in Knoxville because I'm, 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 it's Americana capital, free sun sphere, folks. If you are anywhere near, you you've got to go. The Smoky uh, Mountains right by Dollywood. It's a, it's yeah. a good place. It's hip. It's hip. <laughs> totally. Um. So the the last you know we could go song by song, and I'm pretty tempted yeah, yeah. to go song by song, but I just want to um. I'm not. I can't. I'm going to hold back. I'm going to exhibit some self control, but I do want to hear a little bit. Um, I was um, curious because usually, usually when I'm uh, listening to a record from a kids and family artist, most of the songs are in the, I would say like two and a half to three and a half minute range. And right. I, I look at that and that seems to be like the, the sweet spot. However, on this record of yours, Earworm, there's a song called Big Ears, which is six minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds long. So oh. tell us a bit about that song and some of the choices that you made uh, that, that sort of got us to this point with it. Okay, yeah. So an, another reason to come to Knoxville is we have a, <laughs> a festival every year in March called the Big Ears Festival. And um, the idea behind that festival is kind of to bring together all kinds of different music, experimental music, get people to, you know, different bands to play with one another, um, try new things. And it's a really, really unique festival and a, a very fun festival as well. And so for the last couple of years, my radio show has collaborated with that festival. Um, and we've done what we call Big Ears for Little Ears, where we have one of the artists who's come in for the festival perform on my radio show in front of an audience. And um, and some of it's pretty weird. <laughs> I mean, I mean, la- last year, my, my, my guest artist was Wadada Leo Smith, who's a um, wonderful kind of avant-garde jazz saxophone player, but um, it was him and a vibraphone player just playing really ambient music for 45 minutes for kids wow. on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's pushing the edges pretty hard, um, but the, I actually think the kids hang in there pretty well. And part of it is because, you know, they come to kids stuff every month and they're like, we trust Sean. So, this must be okay, even if it seems kind of weird. <laughs> so anyway, so I I wrote that song a couple of years ago for, for that collaboration, and I thought it would be one of those, you know, where we sing it once and I never sing it again. But then people asked for it, um, and I was like, okay, well, let's see what we can do with this. So I just started kind of um, building. Um, I should back up and say that, you know, one of the things I like to teach about when I, I – play music for kids is metaphor because in so much songwriting um people use metaphor the idea that you are going to say one thing in order to talk about something else you know um and one of the little lines that i put in the big year song which i just think is such a wonderful simple example of a metaphor is you know i sing you are a shining star well obviously a person is not literally a shining star but Mm -hmm that says something about the person and how you feel about them and, you know, how they're important or whatever. And um, so I like to teach about metaphor. In big ears, the idea of that name is that the idea of having big ears means that you are open to listening to all kinds of music and being open-minded about all kinds of music. And so 
that's kind of what the song's about. And I decided to make it a little bit experimental just in the spirit of the Big Ears Festival and the kind of stuff that comes there. Um, as I, you know, as I was working on it, all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, that's a little like Steve Rice, who's like a, you know, uh-huh. a big dog in the kind of experimental music world. And I was like, well, what else does Steve Rice like to do? Maybe I could do that too, you know? And then, oh, well, let's see, let's see, is there anything I could do to like fill up glass? You know, I just started thinking yeah. about these kind of big dogs in the, the world of experimental music and, and kind of trying to pull in at least subtly influences from different people and it was fun you know and there are five banjos going at once you know and what's better than that right nothing nothing <laughs> well actually that's not true six banjos would be better than that i just really enjoyed putting that i probably put way more time into that song that i put about as much time into that song as the whole rest of the album so fun yeah in terms of the actual recording of it (laughs) yeah you were having fun and there you know and like that spirit comes through in the recording um so sean thanks and i love that everything comes back to knoxville in in some way and like that you are that there is a lot of pride in your hometown which i think is really good you know i think it's really good for people to be proud of of where they come from and for kids to get that sense of, um, you know, owning and, and standing up for and believing in where you're from. And I think that sometimes that gets lost and that's a really simple thing, but it's, it's, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a true thing. So if people wanted to find out what you're doing or, or, um, so this is kind of like on a couple of levels, right? Like how do they find out what you're doing? How do they keep up with you? And then in addition to that, if folks were interested in checking out the radio show who may not be able to get to Knoxville or, or get that yeah. on the, on the dial, or are there ways for people to get that access? Yes, definitely. Both of those. So, I mean, I do have a website um, that has links to my radio show as well. Um, and it's just my name. So SeanMcCullough.com. Um, and I assume that people can find how to spell my name on your podcast, right? Yes, <laughs> so, definitely. Um, and, and then um, the radio station itself is WDVX. It's um, D as in dog, V as in Victor, X as in X-ray. And... Um, they, you know, they broadcast online just as many radio stations do nowadays, as well as broadcasting on the radio waves. So you can listen online to my radio show. The, the shows are all archived for two weeks, I think. So you can even go back and listen to a couple of old ones, but they're all on there. And it's 10 o'clock um, Eastern Standard Time mm-hmm. um, each Saturday morning. Very nice. Well, uh, Sean, I learned... A tremendous amount today, and I wasn't necessarily expecting it, and I loved it. I loved learning <laughs> well, about good, good. Uh, you know the uh, the idea of ethnomusicology is not just about the music, but it's about what's happening around the music. I had never thought of it that way, so I think that's a really yeah. cool thing. Um, and then you taught me about Knoxville, and you taught me about what it's like to 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 love where you live and love what you do and i think all of this is really really good so i want to thank you for your time and have a awesome rest of your day well you too i really really enjoyed talking to you so thanks so much for having me on the podcast it was a pleasure 
So do you think I enjoyed talking to Sean? Do you think I learned something? Do you think I wanted to keep talking to him about everything that he does all day? Because I did. If you guessed that the answer was yes, you are totally right. That is exactly what I wanted to do. Be sure to check out Sean's radio show and check out his music and just generally check him out because he's a good one. Here is his song, Earworm, from the album Earworm. And trust me when I say it is an earworm. Talk to you soon. It's an earworm. It's not a wiggly worm. It's not a squirmy worm. It's just another term for a song stuck in your head.
stuff.